The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I've been in for Pat all this week and now we want to focus on something that's very close to my own heart. My father-in-law died of Alzheimer's disease and I saw the deterioration in relation to his memory and, and I think if you are personally touched by Alzheimer's, you'll be very interested in this next item. Dementia affects around 64,000 people in Ireland and over the next two decades, that is set to double with an ageing society. The Alzheimer's Memory Walk is due to take place on Sunday, the 24th of, Feb- uh, 24th of September uh, and it's going to be the principal flagship fundraising event for the Alzheimer's Society and raise awareness for Dementia Supports. It's a pleasure to welcome uh, to the studio Pamela Laird, uh, who's an entrepreneur and an ambassador for uh, the society, and to also welcome Samantha Taylor, the head of the Dementia Advisory Services for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. So let's start uh, with the the walk itself. Um, How many years is it running now? This would be our third, fourth year, really. Uh, we were interrupted for, for, during the pandemic. So it's a relatively new flagship fundraising event. And it's, it's all over the country. How can people participate? There's a, a donation people for people who are children and adults. Just, just explain what it says on the tin. So people can log on to our website, memorywalk.ie, and they can register. And there's over 30 locations Mm -hmm. uh, right around the country from uh, Mayo to Waterford to Sligo to Dublin um, and Monaghan. Um, and it's a real fun family day event. And I suppose it's it's an intergenerational moment where people can gather in their communities, do a walk, raise money for Alzheimer's Society of Ireland, but also talk about people that in their lives have been affected by Alzheimer's disease and all forms of dementia. And just talk me uh, about the money metric. Uh, Each participant pays something to the society, but they can also raise money themselves uh, locally. Exactly. So people can choose to register and they'll get a pack and they'll get T-shirts. And as you mentioned, it's for children, for adults. Uh, Everybody can go. But then people also may choose to run a specific fundraiser in their local area to raise additional monies. Um, And lots of people are doing very creative things around the country. Well, there's a bit of time between now and the 24th of September. So you're open to anyone who hasn't done it before to having a local group because there's so many walking groups, both hill walking and and regular runners. You see them in car parks every weekend. And is it is it kind of for marathon men and women or could it be a short walk, an arduous walk? Oh, absolutely. It's for anybody. It's walking. For some people, they may want to put an additional challenge to it. But most people, it's a family fun day out. It's a walk. It's a gathering. It's a social occasion. So it's it's focusing on, you know, being out in our local communities in fabulous locations, um, exercising, getting that little walk in. But also uh, it's the social aspect and the awareness raising. So it's being able to to create a space for people to talk about people who are important to them, who've been affected by um, Alzheimer's, who may no longer be with us. Um, And that's why we've called it Memory Walk. Pamela, welcome. Tell us about your dad. Yes, my dad was diagnosed with dementia. um, And yeah, it's it's tough. You know, I've been absolutely delighted to be part of the Alzheimer's Society to raise awareness. My mum actually did one of the carers courses that the Alzheimer's Society offers. So extremely close to my heart as well. Um, he's still at home. My mum takes care of him full time. So obviously we're very lucky to have him at home, but it's extremely tough on the family. Can you talk about his symptoms and how they've deteriorated? Was it short term memory loss? Um, How long has he had? Was it difficult getting a diagnosis? Because I I found that 
people with dementia, they've clever ways of covering it up. Yeah. They kind of have generic phrases they use to let on they understand everything in the conversation when they may not. Yeah, it's true. And actually, I think that's what retrospectively when you look back and you say, OK, maybe that was the start or they were the early signs because, you know, people forget things or the the road changed, the layout changed and getting lost on the way to somewhere that you know very well. They're the early signs that we definitely covered for. He covered himself too. Um, but really what triggered us was his physical mobility had been affected and that's very common in vascular dementia. So it isn't always the first memory loss that you notice. It can be other things. So getting a diagnosis was difficult. We were lucky to get it, although it was a huge shock because you think, well, this person remembers who I am. How can they possibly have Alzheimer's or dementia? Um, so that was tough. That was really tough. Um, but I think, you know, looking back now, there were early signs and the deterioration is a lot more rapid over the last couple of years than than previous. Um, you know, forgetting our name briefly, you know, that's that's been tough. We are lucky that he remembers us 90% of the time. But even just the personality changes, like what's most difficult is just that that person is there, but the person they were slowly disappearing, even though physically they're there, they're healthy and they're fit. The person they were, their humour, comes out in glimpses every now and then for Father's Day, I gave him a card and he said, oh, am I the best dad ever? You know, just a little mm. little glint of it there. Their but personality can flashback. Yeah. Flashback, yeah, but yeah. for most of the time they aren't And what the is the story about treatment? I mean, we haven't had much treatment, honestly, and I don't know if it's because my dad was a bit older, like he's in his 80s now, and I'm not sure whether we just, it wasn't available to us or we weren't suggested it. Like a lot of what was available was probably a bit too far ahead for where he was at the time, you know, like join these groups and stuff. And that really, he was like, what am I doing here? He was like, I'm absolutely fine. Why have you put me here? So that was kind of damaging. And actually what, what actually helps dad the most is routine. The same people being around, everything is the same. He likes that. If there's something different, like the change of seasons, like that really disrupts him. If it's brighter when it shouldn't be in his mind, that can be really difficult for a couple of weeks while he adjusts. But, but, a cure for Alzheimer's disease and research. A lot of money has been put in. And, and I was reading about both the European and US uh, federal drugs authorities are pending some decisions on some potential new treatments. Where are we at with that? So there are some, uh, there's a lot of hope at the moment. There's um, very good advances being made. We're anticipating that they will come through in the next couple of years. Um, we think it's probably... This generation of, of new treatment will, will have some progression, but it's probably the one after that that will really have a, a significant breakthrough. But there is hope on the horizon. Um, it'll It's not a cure. It'll um, support people to manage symptoms earlier, slow down progression if it's at early stage when diagnosis is made. Um, but we think... And there's an awful lot of hope out there that they're they're starting to break through into what is actually causing different forms of dementia and how they can both uh, st stop the progression, but p perhaps even prevent it. Well, well, one listener on WhatsApp asks, what's the latest evidence on stem cell therapy? Are there other potential cures in the pipeline? All of the current treatments have limited efficacy and don't hold the progression of the disease. Stem Stem cell? Um, I think it's an area that people are looking at, but we haven't had a breakthrough on that at the moment. They're, they're not right now. Um, but I would say to people, look, it's really important to participate in research and trials that come up. And we definitely we have a, uh, a method where people can register with us if they do want to participate in research. It's a growing area worldwide. There's huge money going into this because people know that we need to get 
further ahead on this um, because of the demographic And in the US profile. it's a huge issue. Absolutely yeah, massive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. The money raised. So let's talk about some of the services provided both public and uh, voluntary. Daycare, daycare at home, family carer training, social clubs, cafes and national helpline. Maybe you just talk me through some of these services and how it's impacted in, in your case, how you find the society of benefit. Absolutely. And I think it's the one thing because while there are trials going on in order to help the person suffering with dementia, I think the one thing that maybe unless you've had someone in your life with Alzheimer's or dementia, it's the family that tends to suffer the most. You know, the people caring for the loved one, watching that person disappear. So the, the offer or the and facilities that the Alzheimer's Society offer are actually mostly for the families. And I think it's really important to support those families with the likes of the carers training, with the coffee mornings, with the actual support. And they also have a podcast now where people are sharing their stories about being a carer and how that is for them. Because whether your your loved one is in full-time care, you're still caring for them. You're still holding all the pieces together as a family. So I think supporting the family is really key and that's what the Alzheimer's Society does so well. Daycare? Uh, daycare is a huge, um, of huge benefit and important for both the person with dementia because it's very person centred. The services we work uh, that we offer provide dementia specific um, engagement with the person and trying to maintain skills for as long as possible and um, support the person navigate the um, the symptoms that they're experiencing. And we find that people who engage with services like daycare, daycare at home, go to social cafes, uh, social clubs. Um, they're, they're, they do better at home then and that that takes some of the pressure off family members. It's almost like respite it, and, it and, is. and it gives them something different out of the routine to look forward to it does, and it meet does, other people. It does, it absolutely does that but it, it by, by helping the person to remain active and engage and stimulated then when they are at home As and there's nobody vegetation. around yeah, yeah. Yeah, then they do better at home. They're more engaged with their family members, they sleep better uh, so people and, and they're in better humour because they They've felt they've had everybody needs purpose. They've gone and done something that is of purpose to them. Can, can I ask either of you the breakdown between men and women here um, insofar as nearly all the cases I've come across are actually men. But I was reading a story how HRT uh, administration in the menopause may have a link with, with, with female Alzheimer's. Have you come across that? Uh, no, I don't think there's anything confirmed in relation to that at the moment. I think women are disproportionately affected by Alzheimer's disease and dementia generally uh, for two main reasons. One is uh, for people who get dementia themselves, women tend to live longer. And so the greatest risk factor with uh, dementia is uh, is our age. So by virtue of us living longer, yes. more women, but also women tend to be family members who care. Uh, and so you're so it, we're completely disproportionately affected by dementia. Um, I think for everybody, though, the most important message around that is brain health and staying active yeah, throughout our lives. I was going to ask you that about prevention. Are yeah. there things you can do in your 50s and 60s before you, you sort of get senile um, that, that will be proactive in terms of intellectual stimulation or physical activity? Is there any do's and don'ts? Uh, it's really important at any stage in life to be active and maintain your brain health. The things to do around that are diet, exercise, social engagement um, and brain activity, stimulate your brain. Um, and, you know, you know, it's kind of use it or lose it. Is it, it? it is absolutely. Our brain is a muscle. 
we need to use it. So we as we age, apparently, we get used to doing the same things all the time and we 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 kind of stop um, challenging ourselves. So in our 30s, 40s, 50s even. So we need to think of things that do challenge our brain. It could be dancing. It could be music. It could be a language. It could be whatever it works for you. That diet, exercise and social engagement um, is really, really important. Our brain health is is something we all need to focus on. So finally, the website again is it's Fiverr for kid for kids to enroll or 18 euros for adults. It's all over the country mm-hmm. and it's open to you. There'll be at least uh, 30. It's Sunday the 24th. How can people get in touch? So if you log on to memorywalk.ie, you can sign up and get your T-shirts, register who you're going to be walking for. And actually, there's a great place on the back of the T-shirt saying, I'm walking for, which I think is really, really nice. And when you're out in a group, it's a great way to celebrate somebody in your life. All right. It's a really, really worthy cause and it's going to be a growing problem. My thanks to Pamela Laird and Samantha Taylor of the Alzheimer's Society. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Actually, 